Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Coffee and Commentary, a new segment of much-needed advice where we bring humor and perspective to current events and pop culture. Hi, listeners. As you know by now, Julia and I are watching Sex in the City's new installment called And Just Like That, Season 2. After you listen, don't forget to follow or subscribe, give us five stars, and leave a review. Enjoy. That's cozy. There we go. Now we're in business. So I need to fix my dark circles. Meanwhile, I look dead. <laughs> Whatever. We're going to put a filter on it. Yeah. That's showbiz, baby. Let's start. Hi. We're back. This is about Sex and the Cities and Just Like That, Season 2, Episode 5. Mm-hmm. Let's begin with the unsung hero of this episode, Harry's wig. <laughs> Harry's wig made me laugh out loud. Once again, he's the funniest character in the show. He continues to carry the show, unlike Carrie. He genuinely is so funny and such a talented comedic actor. And his relationship with Charlotte with their The Americans bit that nobody watches that show, even though it's like got critical acclaim. Also, the wig looks nothing like the guy's hair in the show. <laughs> it's a totally random male hair wig. Yeah. It's just a brown wig, but it's perfect. Getting more into the Harry and Charlotte storyline with Rock being a model for... Oh, okay. Let me start over. <laughs> Sorry. I just had a Mitch McConnell moment. <laughs> The woman With was rock too being, uh... <laughs> Wow, you could run for Congress. Yeah. So we, for the record, when it comes to all this modeling stuff, Harry is totally right. Yeah. It is sus that some dude at the park just came up to them. Anybody could print out a Ralph Lauren business card. And you don't want to model in front of a green screen when you don't know what they're going to put on it in, in post. Harry's right about everything. Right. Who made that big gaffe? Was it Balenciaga? No. I mean, it wasn't a green screen thing, but Balenciaga put all kinds of shady stuff in their photo shoots that models and people weren't aware of yeah. until somebody like zoomed in after the finished product. Yeah, so you do have to be careful. And the whole scam of someone saying that they want to sign you as a model or they want you to model for them, that's everywhere all the time. We had a roommate in college who got really excited because someone approached her about being a model and he made her pay like $800 for a photo shoot. <laughs> we did. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, oh my god. Yeah, just because he had a business card and called himself a manager, all of a sudden she's paying like $800 for some extreme photo shoot, gets all excited about it, and then for some reason never hears from him after that. 
So, and you can never be too careful about children. Yeah. Children modeling. Um, okay. Should we move on to Seema's storyline? The penis pump of it all. So this is another good SATC topic, right? I don't think it was covered on the original show. It's something new to talk about. And it even caused me to do a little research (laughs) on what a penis pump is and how it works. And wow. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I feel like I can now frame you for a penis pump related crime because Mm. they'll look into your search history and be like, see, what would a penis pump related crime look like? (laughs) Well, like you could kill someone with a penis pump. Right. Because what if you like put one on their eyeball and (laughs) suctioned their eyeball out of their skull? (laughs) Is that what you had in mind? Wow. Oh my God. You read my mind. We can always finish each other's sentences. (laughs) Yeah. Basically it works as a tube that you stick the dick in, you pull the handle out and it creates a vacuum, which rushes blood into the dick. And then you put a cock ring around the dick to keep the blood in the dick. And then you use the dick. And then you also probably need to use Viagra. So it's a lot. It's like a physical contraption. There's no like electricity involved. It looked way more involved because he had a You thought there was electricity involved? (laughs) (laughs) Look, if I were to picture a tool that would ignite a penis, you know those like paddles that you put on someone's chest when you need to bring them back to life? Charge to 100. (laughs) Clear. (laughs) Jeff and I play that game with Brooks. All the time. We shock Brooks back to life. He lays there and just plays dead. (laughs) And then we put our hands on and go, clear. That's a good dog bit. He loves it. Um, Yeah, so that's how it works. (laughs) All Uh, the men's penises have shrunk inside their bodies as you talk about electric shocking them. I don't know. I keep a set in my side table drawer along with the vibrator. It's just come standard these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I All of the articles, <laughs> the many articles, describe taking Viagra at the same time anyway. So I'm really sorry if there's men out there where Viagra doesn't isn't enough. Wow. Are you really saying there might be herself. a medication for men that doesn't work? How sad. We better funnel all of our research into it. Yeah, we better pay like $100 million per year or whatever in our military budget. You saw that, right? The military pays for Viagra for soldiers, and it's a huge... Who are they fucking? Each other? I guess on their break, or, you know... On their break. (laughs) This is my 30-minute break. When they all go home and impregnate their wife for like the 25th time. Yeah, to raise the child alone. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I think the military should pay for all medications for soldiers. So I guess that's fine on the surface. I just think it's incredible the amount of research and money and marketing that has gone into Viagra and compare that to women's egg retrievals. 
birth control, which gives us all horrible side effects. Let's not forget, like Seema said, she doesn't even get to orgasm when she has sex. Uh, but God forbid men go a second without being able to get hard because that's the most important thing in healthcare. Yeah. So the military spends $41 million per year on Viagra. It's a lot of hard dicks or soft dicks, I guess. But uh, anyway, (laughs) nothing against soldiers. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Yeah. This conversation. (laughs) Maybe we'll cut this. We've gotten real far. We're going to cut that out. Um, Award for best noise Mm -hmm. of the episode Mm -hmm. was Seema's impersonation of the penis pump. How come you do it Russian? (laughs) Wait, you do it. Now that felt Russian, now that I said it. I feel like the way Seema did it. She really said like like, f and ta. (laughs) (laughs) I sound like a caveman. (laughs) We're keeping this in. At all costs. <laughs> it was it was so good. Really well acted. Well, Should I think we? we can jump straight to the Che and Miranda storyline. Our favorites storylines. Yeah. So least favorite couple in the series. So Miranda gets up at five in the morning to go from Che's house to Brooklyn to carve a pumpkin and make pancakes for her grown son who's like mom you don't have to make me breakfast every day and then spends the rest of the episode complaining about how she has to wake up early you got up took the subway at 5 a.m to carve a pumpkin for what and apparently you also have class again now so she's back in school it's it's too much and for the record Both Che and Miranda are wrong in this scenario because Che is now clearly not only a fuck they, but also a frat they, (laughs) and really does not need to be acting like this at three in the morning. So Che is 46, we learned in this episode, and they still have friends over to watch them play video games till 3.30 in the morning when their girlfriend is sleeping over. And has to get up early. Like none of it, none of it makes sense. So Che is sitting down at dinner with Miranda and Miranda eats something spicy and Che goes, Hey, I'm worried about that upper lip of yours because I don't want to have curry lingus later. (sighs) Imagine if you were having dinner with your boyfriend and out of the blue, he says, Oh, I hope whatever you're eating isn't too spicy because I'm going to need you to suck my dick later. Seriously. It's like, um, I'm just trying to eat dinner here. <laughs> Can you like, do you have to be a douchebag at every turn harassing me at a That's, restaurant? It's, just the fact that somebody obviously so... came up with curry lingus and then they like, reverse engineered the joke and they're like all right how do we get miranda eating curry oh my god 
Yeah. They're obviously creating puns and then working backwards from there to try to make up a storyline. And that's why they don't make sense. Yes. So someone finally tells Che they suck. The focus group (laughs) about Che's pilot was very meta. (laughs) It was like insane that they basically condensed all the criticism of their own show that we're watching and then said it out loud. And made it a storyline. Made it Che's actual storyline. Yeah. The genderqueer participant in the focus group speaks for us all. They said Che's character was like a walking boomer joke and was a, quote, bullshit version of what the non-binary experience is. But I think this is the best thing that could possibly happen with Che's character. And I'm kind of interested in where this journey is going to go because Che's breakdown is very well acted. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's finally some nuance to this character. Yeah. Obviously they want their show to be successful. They want to be representation for that community, but they know that the way it's being gone about is bullshitty and they don't agree with it either and they agree with their big hater but then they're still upset about it it's like okay something has shades of gray for once and i wonder if the writers had this discussion with each other after after season one is this how they're like apologizing to us Is this how they're finally acknowledging that this is the worst character ever created for TV? By saying, now inside the show, Che is realizing that they are inauthentic and that they need to be humbled. And that they're the boomer version of representation. Yes. And I think that's one of the challenges with And Just Like That is it's the same writers and creators as the original Sex and the City, but it's a new decade like the best people to take on the new iteration of Sex and the City might not be the same people that knew what was ahead of their time back in the 90s. I feel like it would be a fresh batch of people yeah, in order to continue to get fresh content. The only thing we didn't cover, I don't think, or did we? Mm. <laughs> Miranda needing to buy a used twin mattress from Goodwill. What happened? Miranda, that's so gross. Don't don't buy used mattresses. Do, so does Miranda have money or does she not have money? She was a fancy lawyer, partner at a firm when she was in her 30s. That's big time. But I know she's not working now. But Steve has a really successful bar, bar. that he owns. Does she really need to buy a used mattress? Does she really need to crash at random, like, friends' places? And in in Naya's tiny spare room. I'm confused as to Miranda's financial status. Does she have money? If she does, how? There's something missing here. Yeah. All right. Now for our last storyline. Carrie and the bike guy. (sighs) What the fuck? I have... Three pages. I have of so many notes about this. Notes. Too. There's a lot to cover. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So Carrie is on the phone. She's crossing the street. She stops in the bike lane. Right. And he's like, 
you can't stand on a bike lane. You can't stand on a bike lane. You can't stand on a bike lane. Like instead of squawking up about the bike lane, just stop. Just break. I refuse to accept that this is Carrie's fault. He brought this on himself. Like this would never hold up in court. Like we go on to learn that Carrie's worried about being sued for what standing. Why is Carrie worried about this? Is she worried she's going to be the next Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial? Well, she didn't even hit him. She was just standing there and he didn't hit her. There was no contact. To be clear, there was no collision. Right. He just fell over. (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) He just fell over on his bike and broke his own wrist. (laughs) So then it's nice she goes with him to the urgent care, but then she stays there all day. She fills out his paperwork for him, gives him her address for no reason. And her full name for no reason. And then eavesdrops on his phone calls. Makes all these assumptions. <laughs> so I thought that this was going to be a deeper storyline. I thought the reason she was staying with him and was so concerned about him was because of her trauma from watching Big die and not being able to help. Like, seemed obvious, but that would require her to be a three-dimensional character, which she clearly is not, and can completely compartmentalize the love of her life who died in front of her. It, it's right and like, it there. It never you guys. comes up again. It was right there. She couldn't save big felt guilty wants to save the next person. Yeah. When she has the opportunity to, why wouldn't you just make the connection? And that would have made a lot more sense why she's being so irrational about stalking him later when it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. But no. Nope. So it just became about, how she's famous and doesn't want to get sued. But anyway, his card gets declined, which, by the way, thanks front desk lady for shouting that at the entire urgent care room. Would never happen. And then she turns the other way. She literally goes like this. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, you're rich. Pick up the bill. You just gave Enid a hundred grand for no reason. She literally just... PayPal'd someone a hundred grand on the fly. If you think this guy is poor and you don't know when his next meal is coming, but you're not willing to pick up his medical bill when he's injured and his card gets declined. So the way that she goes about solving this is she shows up at his door because she memorized his address from his medical forms imagine if a man did that just snooped on your address memorized it and then showed up at your door immediately call the police (laughs) i'm not kidding (laughs) so she shows up at his door with soup presumably because she thinks that's what poor people eat she thinks he's poor so she brings the soup kitchen to him because it's not like he's sick he broke his wrist so she, he goes, you brought me three different soups. And she's like, well, I thought you could freeze a couple. Oh, like she thinks this detective. man, she thinks this man is food insecure. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think his urgent care bill was? I don't know, like 1500 bucks. How hard would that have been? 
But thank God she realizes he's rich. So now they can make out. Yes. So, so now he, he can be a love interest. He goes from being a charity case to, oh, he's got an Eames chair. So now I can make out with him. Mm-hmm. Also, she's like, I'm here to help you with your presentation. I thought that was a joke until she actually opens up a laptop as if you're actually going to. Let's talk about the technology here. For a <laughs> We've. A lot to talk about regarding this PowerPoint. Listen, we are WIBs, Women in Business. Okay. We are PDMs, Professional Deck Makers. But I feel like you don't even need to be to know that Python isn't required to make a PowerPoint deck. It's kind of like how Final Cut isn't required to write ad copy. To make a pitch deck you do not need to know coding is anybody okay okay that's just point number one point number two this guy's business partner paul paul so he's the business guy and george is the guy who can code presumably george builds the apps Paul sells them. sells them. So Paul would be the guy who would make the pitch deck. And what else is Paul doing? He has all this time to go pick up dry cleaning, drop it off at George's place, then go back to his place. We could have made the whole deck in that time. Yeah, you're in Manhattan. You know how long that probably took? Also, he has all this time to incessantly micromanage George, George, who just broke his wrist. Also, they've already sold three apps, so they have proven templates. How do they not have a routine down? How do they not have deck templates? How do they not have a team underneath them doing all this shit now? Well, George mentions his assistant. Not sure why the assistant can't help with the deck. Oh, yeah. No, but the assistant is spending their time messengering a deck. Physical. They're digital, folks. These men who build apps are messengering don't know how to a email a PowerPoint. copy of a PowerPoint deck. Why? All right. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. What's that? George's adult ADHD. George's undiagnosed adult ADHD. Okay, listen, Carrie, this isn't about him being married to his job or married to his business partner. George just has ADHD. And his business partner hasn't figured out how to collaborate with him well. And George needs to get on meds. So, yeah. You're telling me George hasn't picked up his dry cleaning for a month? You're Being able to me- accomplish an entire app build in two days. Sounds like someone with ADHD. Has great taste in art and furniture. Definitely has ADHD. Successful, but also doesn't have their shit together. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. ADHD. George just needs to get on TikTok. You know, one thing Carrie might have been right about, though, is not knowing when his last meal was because he has ADHD. (laughs) Never have we ever known when our last meal was. No. Or when our next meal will be. 
can't be bothered with such things. If only a rich lady would bring us soup. <laughs> my mom does sometimes <laughs> for me to put in my freezer so oh I don't my forget God. to eat. A rich lady does bring so you soup. So Carrie was on onto something, maybe. <laughs> but as always, the big joke is on the American healthcare system. Yeah. We've got the urgent care that takes all day and costs your rent. Oh, talk about the opioid crisis. (laughs) George made two jokes, two scenes in a row about opioids that had no payoff. You know, (laughs) he was just like, "Mm, must be the opioids. And then in the the next day when she showed up on his doorstep, He's like, all right, sure, you can come in. My last Percocet's about to wear off anyway. If you want opioids to be in the show, (laughs) if you must, it should be George is a former addict, so he refuses the opioids when he's at the urgent care, which means he's in a lot of pain. And that's why Carrie has to jump through all these hoops to be more helpful. Right. Not that he's just sitting in his bachelor pad Popping Percocets. I feel like, wasn't there another episode where they took something really lightly that in like a dangerous way? Oh, oh, I know. It was when they were all hitting on the teenage boy. Yes. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Opioid addiction and statutory rape. Great. Hilarious. Great topics. (laughs) All right. Cool. Cool. Thanks, guys. See you next time. See ya. That's what we think. What do you think? DM us at much.needed.advice with your commentary. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.